By what authority are you causing the blind to see? By what authority are you causing the lame to walk? By what authority are you causing the dead to be raised? And then you've got to say, Jesus, what do you have to say about me? He said, I love you. I have presented you as my son before the courts of heaven. I have declared before the angels of the Lord that you are mine. I have declared before the Father that you belong to me. Peter and John were accused of healing a crippled man. And people wanted to know by what authority and what power they healed this man. As with Peter and John, the name of Jesus carries great power and authority for each believer. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason continues his study into the name of Jesus and what it means to us. But I want to continue on this idea of the name of Jesus. How many of you practiced a little bit of worship this past week? You just took a little time and you got with the Lord and you worship? Well, four of you did anyway. I appreciate that. The rest of you, if you'll try it, you'll like it. I promise you. Amen. Uh, I want to talk to you about how we use the name of Jesus. It's an important thing that we begin to move in the power and the authority that God has given to us through that name. Peter and John were accused of healing a crippled cripple man. How many of you would like to be accused of, of healing a crippled man? Amen. I like that idea. Accuse me of healing somebody that's crippled. I, I would love that. But the high priest and all that gang, they didn't like that idea too much. And so they wanted to know something. In Acts 4, 7 and in verse 10, it said, When they had placed them in the center, talking about John, Peter and John, they began to inquire, By what power or in what name have you done this? And so they recognized that there was a power or a force that was outside of Peter and John that had, had culminated in the healing of this crippled man that all of them had passed by at the temple gates for years and years and years and years and years. And so they he wanted to know, how did you do this? How did you do this? And he said, let it be known, they said, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Now we read that last week, but I want you to grab hold of this idea. He, they didn't take any credit. It wasn't any man that healed them. It was Jesus Christ. It was the authority of Jesus Christ flowing through two men that knew the power of Jesus, and they did what Jesus told them to do. They, they glorified His name. And so when we begin to understand that this, this power and this authority is to glorify His name, we begin to get a step up in what God wants us to do with this authority. They wanted to know who that authority was. In Matthew 21, 22, Jesus, I mean, uh, Jesus says, Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. Now then, He puts a condition on that. He said, if you have faith. How many of you received everything you prayed for? <laughs> How many of you received some of what you prayed for? Amen. Okay, praise God. Then we know faith, we know that prayer works, but Jesus wants to take it to a different level in our lives. Now, I'm not saying this to condemn us, but I am telling you that we ought not be satisfied with where we are in the walk in the Spirit. We need to be stretched into a place to where that until we get 100%, then we, we, ought, we ought not be happy with what's going on. But there are more conditions to this 100% factor. 
The Bible says, it said you don't have because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you ask it how? Amiss. He says, selfishness begins to get in the way. And it's not what I want, it's what you want. When, when Peter and John went to pray for the lame man, of course, they weren't even expecting to do that. They were just going to the temple to worship. What were they going to do? Worship. worship. How many think they went with an attitude that they were going to worship? If they were going to worship, that's what they were going to do. They were going to worship. They had a heart prepared to go worship. They weren't going to church. They weren't going to temple. They were going to offer worship before the Most High God. So I want to tell you that if if you're offering up worship, if your hand and your heart is to worship God, you're going to see more miracles manifested than at any other time in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to worship. You got to worship. And so he says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him and he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Can you tell that authority was a big thing? All the, all the Pharisees and all the high priests want to know was, what authority, what authority, what authority, what authority, what authority? Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the authority of Jesus' name. See, we can't take that lightly. We can't take that as just some some simple saying. We have to understand when we're talking about in the name of Jesus, we are walking under authority. And one of the things that begins to release that faith in us is worship. When we begin to worship Him and begin to talk about how great He is and begin to acknowledge what He's done in our lives and how He's manifested His love to us in so many different ways, faith begins to arise. But the other thing that has to happen is selfishness has to go out the door. Turn to your neighbor and say, you selfish. Woo! Aren't you glad you came this morning? Let's just be real honest. You want things the way you want things. You know how I know that? Because I want things the way I want things. And you just like me, okay? You just like me. You want things the way you want things. So he says, by what authority are you doing these things? By what authority are you causing the blind to see? By what authority are you causing the lame to walk? By what authority are you causing the dead to be raised? By what authority are you casting out demons? If you read through there, they ask this question over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And so he decides that he's just not going to answer them. What he wants to do is an acknowledgement of Father and his relationship to Father. And Jesus answered him and said, I'll also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, talking about John the Baptist, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? Boy, they were fixing to step into a hornet's nest. Because if they said it was from heaven, then they had to acknowledge that what John was preaching was from heaven, and Jesus was going to claim the same authority that John had just claimed. And he was going to do it through their testimony, not through his own. Am I making any sense to you? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? Good question. But if we say for man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. 
If they wouldn't acknowledge heaven, he wasn't going to tell them what was going on. Because had he just said it was from heaven, he would have given them the opportunity to repudiate who he was. And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you that. If you're going to repudiate me, then you're going to repudiate the one that came to announce me. And his name was John the Baptist. Now let's ask you this question first. If John could not be repudiated in front of the people then neither could Jesus be refudiated in front of the people. Jesus is the one that came to announce that you were coming. Uh-oh. Jesus came to announce that the church was coming in His power and in His authority. And in His name, they were going to cast out demons. And in His name, they were going to heal the sick. And in His name, they were going to subdue kingdoms. And in His name, Jesus would be exalted. If, they, if we, we understand that, then Jesus placed more confidence in John than we do in Jesus. Or maybe we just lack identity. Jesus knew that he was the one that John was the forerunner to. Maybe we don't understand that Jesus was the one that prepared the way for us and set it out so that we could walk in his power and his authority. And maybe we're not willing to take on that authority and say, that's who I am. That's who I am. I have authority and I have power and I have the love of Jesus inside my heart. Well, Eddie, that's a big step. Well, what did he just say? He said, if you ask anything and have faith, you can have what you ask for. I think Jesus was pretty bold, don't you? He didn't put any limitations or qualifications on that except faith. He said, you've got to believe. You have to believe. And so he says in Acts 3.16, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see. We're going back to the first one. He said, and faith, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect help in the presence of you all. Who are you? Jesus said, you're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Well, I don't know whether I can pray for the sick or not. You can't. If you have that attitude, don't. Stop, because you don't know who you are. You're going in there, it, it might as well be a wish book. And God in His infinite mercy sometimes allows those things to happen, but He's not moved by our faith. He's moved out of the compassion that He has for those that are around us. And Jesus is saying, grab hold of who you are. John the Baptist said, I've come to announce the Messiah. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. And I'll demonstrate it. By faith in his name. Let me just let me just just take this thing back. We don't believe who we are. We have been programmed to believe that we're saved. How many of you in here are saved? Raise your hand. How many of you here are looking forward to going to heaven? Amen. We are, aren't we? 
How many of you are looking forward to, towards your glorious reward? Amen. How many of you know beyond a shadow of doubt that you have resurrection power dwelling inside of you? Come on, raise your hands. Raise your hands. We have to grab hold of that. We have to grab hold of that and we have to confess it. I am the son and the daughter of the most high God. I have been indwelled by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has authority. I walk in that authority. Turn to your neighbor and say, I walk in authority. Turn to the other person and say, I walk in authority. I love, I love what happened with... Uh, Rodney Howard Brown one time, he said he called all the deaf people down. God told him to pray for deaf people. And he said when he told him to pray for deaf people, he said there must have been 150 of them. And he said the first 50 he prayed for, nothing happened. But he didn't stop. Number 51, their ears popped open. Number 52, until the end of the line, everybody else's ears popped open. Why have you quit? Why have you quit praying for people? Well, I prayed for two or three. I prayed for two or three. Well, when we get to two or three thousand, then maybe we might have a question mark in there. But if you haven't prayed for the multitudes yet, why are you stopping with the one or with the two or with the three or with the four? Why aren't you just keeping on, keeping on? Is the word of God any less true today than it was when Jesus said it? No, it is not. What Jesus said is absolutely true. You need to settle that in your heart, in your mind, and in your spirit. We've got to be stretched until we're growing in faith. We've been allowed to settle and our faith levels have continually just gone down and down and down and down and down and hopefully we have enough faith to get us to heaven. But see, we, don't, we, we can't see that. That's something we put off until the future. And so we have faith that we're saved. Well, it's that same faith in salvation that heals the sick, delivers the, the possessed, that causes the lame to walk. It's that same exact faith. How many of you got saved the very first time you prayed? Well, I did. How many of you knew you were saved? Mm, I didn't. As a matter of fact, every time Billy Graham preached, I got saved all over again. I got where I didn't want Billy Graham to preach. I thought, good Lord, I'm lost to go in hell. Every time I sinned, every time I messed up, and I did sin occasionally, then I don't anymore. <laughs> that's a joke for those of you that don't know me. That's, that's right. Forgive me, Lord. Every time I'd sin, I thought I had to get re-saved. But can I tell you the salvation that I did the hundredth time was no different than the salvation I did the first time. I just didn't have faith in it. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I began to, I began to speak in tongues and, and I wasn't sure that it was real. I told my daddy, I said, Dad, I'm just not sure of this thing. You know what he said? Don't stop. Just don't stop. And so I, I went ahead and I go out there and I go butter, 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 butter beans or something like that. You know, who tied my bow tie stuff? That all that, whatever. I'm going on and on and on. 
And I get in the car and I'm going, God, and the, and the enemy's telling me, that's just you, 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 that's just you. And so day one, that happens. Day two, that happens. Day three, that happens. Day 15, that's still happening. Day 20, that's still happening. Day 30, that's still happening. Day 35, it's still happening. And then we come to day 40, and I'm riding home from the golf course, and I'm starting to say, hey, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes in the automobile, and I begin to tremble and shake and cry, and I say, it's real, it's real, it's real. What if I'd have given up day one? What if I'd have given up day two? What if I'd have given up on day 39? I would have written it off as nothing but babble and something that I had propagated on myself. I'm just telling you. You need to begin to confess who you are. I'm a son of God. I am forgiven. I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I walk in his holy robes. I wear his ring. I've got my feet shod with the gospel of peace. I am his forevermore. I will rule and I will reign. I don't care what's going on in this world. I am a Jesus person from now for eternity. I will never, ever, ever, ever change. Why? Because Jesus shed blood on Calvary's cross so that I could have, not just go to heaven, that I could have a relationship with him that he could call me friend. Come on. Come on. Who are you? See, they had faith in his name. They had faith in the fact that he had declared that they could do the things that he did and even greater. They believed Jesus at his word. Do we have faith in the word of Jesus? Who are you? In counseling, I ask people all the time, I say, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? And most of them will start off and they say, well, I don't like what I see. Then you're looking in the wrong mirror. Because what you ought to see when you look in that mirror is Jesus Christ. And then you've got to say, Jesus, what do you have to say about me? And you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, I love you, son. He said, I loved you from the day I saved you. I loved you from the day I created you in your mother's womb. I, I, I loved you before you even knew what was. He said, I love you. I have presented you as my son before the courts of heaven. I have declared before the angels of the Lord that you are mine. I have declared before the Father that you belong to me. Come on. That's what you ought to see when you look in the mirror. Well, Eddie, you fall short. Natural Eddie does. Spiritual Eddie has been perfected forever. Spiritual Eddie's got to get tuned in to what the Holy Spirit's saying and quit listening to what the enemy's saying. 
The enemy's telling me what a lost cause I am. The enemy's telling me what a, a screw-up I am. The enemy's telling me how down and dirty I am. The enemy's telling me I'm worthless. The enemy's telling me I've been hurt and I can't ever overcome it. The enemy's telling me I have unforgiveness and bitterness and I can't deal with it. The enemy's telling me that no matter what I do, I will never be good enough. And Jesus Christ is hollering, It's a lie! It's a lie! It's a lie! See, we, gotta, we want to heal the sick, but we got to know who we are first. Amen. You know, we got to do it because we have authority. Most of the time we've been doing it because we've been taught how to do it. I'm guilty. I was taught we pray for the sick. You know, I, I'm praying for a guy one time, and I'm saying, Lord, would you remove all the pain from his arm? I'm asking, Lord, would you please remove all the pain from his arm? And all of a sudden he goes, oh, it's gone. And I went, Really? I said this last week, let me say it again. Many times I get ready to pray for people. I don't even invite Jesus to go to pray with me. I just start praying. Daddy told me three weeks ago when we prayed over everybody, he said, you did it wrong. I said, no, sir, you started that mess. I said, I laid hands on the first one and the Lord started giving me words. I said, once he starts giving me words, it's all over. I'm going to prophesy until I don't have another word. And so you might as well just understand when I start hearing, I'm going to start speaking. And so if you invite me to lay hands on somebody, I want to hear what Jesus has to say. I don't care what Eddie has to say. I want to declare the word of truth over that person. Am I making sense to you? And so if daddy calls me up here again, he knows what to expect next time. Now, sometimes the Lord just lets me anoint everybody. But that day he didn't. That day he told me to speak truth over everybody. Whatever you ask in my name, John 14, 13. I'm going to reverse them, I'm sorry. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He stuttered, didn't he? He messed up. How many of you believe Jesus lied? I don't. In my Bible, it's written in red. When you, when you invoke the name of the king, that includes his honor, his power, and his kingdom. When we settle for the place that we are at in healing or anything else, and I'm being bold this morning, and I know that, but when we settle for that place, we are declaring that the kingdom of darkness is greater than the kingdom of light. We are saying that there is something that God can't do. I know it's heavy. I want to change your thinking. Amen. The Bible says we have to have a renewed mind. We have to have a renewed mind. We've got to start thinking right. And I don't expect you to jump up in the air and holler and scream and be all excited about it. I want to stretch you so that you take, at least take the next step towards it. 
and the next step. But if we stay where we are, we will never get to where we want to go. We, we got some dead people need to be raised. And we don't know who they are, but we know that's going to happen. How many of you know that's going to happen? We got some blind eyes that need to be open. Dale, I'm pointing at you. Why? Because Jesus said it. It's got to be the truth. Each name of God embodies and represents some part of the glory of the Holy One. The name of Jesus is the expression of everything He has done and everything He is and everything He lives to do. When the name of Jesus is mentioned, it should bring to mind the whole man and what you know about Him. Jesus, what I know about Jesus is He laid down His life for me. What I know about Jesus is He only did what He saw the Father do and He only said what He heard the Father say. He did not live on His own behalf. He was the most unselfish, most loyal, dedicated man that has ever breathed breath on the earth. And He's saying that the Holy Spirit has gone to work on me in Ephesians. He said that I am being transformed into His likeness I am being transformed. I have been predestined to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. I am not who I'm going to be, but I am not where I, where I was to start off with. I am moving in a direction of conformity to Jesus Christ. That means i got to have the mind of Christ in me. And the mind of Christ in me says, Father, what do you want done in this situation? It's what Jesus did. I love it when Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus. He goes to the tomb of Lazarus, and when he gets to the tomb of Lazarus, he's just sitting there waiting to command. I, I, I don't know whether this is true or not, but I like the point when he sent up, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, if he had just said, come forth, he said, every one of the tombs would have busted open. Who knows? He was very specific in who he called forth from that place. But this is what I like. It wasn't that when he went to the tomb of Lazarus that him and the father just at that moment had decided. That had been preordained and it had been pre-discussed by the father and the son before that happened. Well, that's Jesus. Well, let's go back to a man then. There's this man called Elijah. And he went to a place called Mount Carmel. And God told him, he said, this is what you're going to do. And you're going to call fire down from heaven. You see, he and the father had had this discussion they knew what they were going to do. And so when it came time, notice this, that Elijah didn't have to get down and go, Oh God, would you please send the fire? Oh God, would you please send the fire? Oh God, would you please send the fire? Oh God, put to shame your enemies. Oh Lord, would you do it? He just looks up at God and he said, Do it. And God said, Poof! And he consumes everything. And then he starts mocking the 600 prophets of Baal. And he starts hollering out, Cut yourself a little deeper. Bleed a little more. Scream a little louder. See if your God will answer like my God just did. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Just for the sake of time, I want to go to John 15, 12. This is my commandment. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The qualifier for friendship is a laid down life. He didn't just say love them, did he? He didn't say just love them. He said love them like I loved you. He set the bar of love very, very high. When he talks to men about loving their wives, he said men are supposed to love their wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. The scripture is telling you you want to begin to move in the fullness of authority, you've got to give yourself away. Jesus did it twice. He did it twice. We all think about the fact that he gave up, he gave up his life on Calvary. But he also gave up his position in heaven to be born of a woman. The God of all creation that had all power and all authority, by whom all the worlds are held together, his word, said, I will be born of a woman. I will give myself so that you might be saved. Who is the Lord asking you to give up yourself for that they might be saved, that they might be healed, that they might be delivered? Let me tell you something. Selfishness has got to be put underfoot. Got to go. We will never be stretched in the authority and the faith level that we want to go in until we learn how to love like Jesus loved and give ourselves away. Your life is not your own. You made an exchange. You said, Lord, I'll take your life and you can have my sin, but I will let you live that life through me. It's real, people. It's real. How far do we want to go? Eddie Mason is the senior pastor at Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.